In order to build your portfolio of real estate properties, you need to have a platform. And social media is a key strategy. Today is all about some do's and don'ts of using social media as a real estate investor. Let's go! Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Hey gang, how's it going? Russell Westcott. Uh, hope you're having yourself a wonderful day. You know what? I'm sitting here and uh, today's been one of those days. Um, I don't know about you, but you know, <laughs> I sit here and I go, okay, I got to record a podcast. I got to record the intro and the outro and I got to bring the fire and I got to drop the bombs. And some days, oh my goodness, for the life of me, some days you just, you know, have you ever had those days when you just can't get it into gear? Have you ever had those days when you just can't, you know, as as hard as you try and as hard as you want to go after it, you know, you just you just can't get things moving, right? Um, one of the key things you need to do, and this is just me talking to myself here at the moment and coaching myself, if you will, is sometimes even when you don't feel like it, you just still have to do it. Uh, you need to be, and I say you, I'm talking to myself again. I just need to be accountable. I've done it. I did this. If something is coming back that you just, something you haven't got done or um, something that never got followed up on or um, an unfulfilled promise that you made just didn't get delivered upon on time, you know, I, I did that. You did that. We each do that, right? If your your relationship isn't the way you want it is. I did that. You did that. Okay. If nobody, if your health isn't where it's need to be, or maybe you've put on an extra 10, 15 pounds, you've done that. You just need to take personal accountability to the things that you've done and you need to take ownership to it. So truly, if you're tired of doing stupid stuff, if you're tired of being tired, if you're tired of just the way you're feeling, you need to just take ownership. You need to raise your standards. You need to just grab hold of it and do it anyways. So today, my opening to this podcast episode, gang, I was just not feeling it, but I'm going to do my best to just do it anyways. Okay. It's just one of those things. And without getting into all the details, uh, you know, it's just for whatever reason, uh, the moons weren't aligned or something, but just stuff that yeah, I hadn't finished or hadn't got done all decided to all come back at the same time, right? And it's all good. Just chunk her down one thing at a time. Have a, you know, I was starting to have a little bit of a, oh, boo-hoo, oh, woe is me, oh, why me? But you know what? Sometimes you just need to have some good, maybe a motivational video or something that you just need to go back to, to just remind yourself or have a good trusted advisor or have somebody, a coach, a mentor, somebody in your corner to just give you, you know, both a, a hug if you need it and also a kick in the backside if you need it at the same time. So I needed a kick in the backside is what I needed today to just get her going. So here we are. The microphone is on. I'm recording a wonderful intro for you fine folks. And as I was going through about what I, what's going to be delivered in this upcoming episode, um, this episode that you're about to dive into 
you know, I reached into the old archives of some of the content that has been created and pulled out a really good one. Um, you know, I'll, maybe I should be cautious and saying it's a really good one until you have listened to it. And uh, maybe tell me at the end if this is a really good one. But I remember when I delivered this one, um, it, it was fantastic. Uh, it was all about real estate investors. It was all about social media. It was all about repurposing content. It was all about how some do's and don'ts, what you should do and what you should not do online as a real estate investor. And I dove headfirst into a presentation that I delivered for an inner circle clientele. And what I decided to do is release that to my podcast. Okay, because a lot of you are out there right now and you're maybe wondering, how does this social media thing work? How does this all integrate in? What do I post? What do I not post? I see all these things that other people are doing. Who wants to listen to me? All those kind of, you know, stories that we keep telling ourselves out there. So I decided to to put together some training and this is going to be in presentation style and we've edited it so it makes sense in podcast format, but it also is very visual. So if any of you have not been to my YouTube channel, um, this will come out podcast first YouTube channel at a later date. So I encourage you to, if if you're more of a visual learner, um, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel because anything that's on my public podcast will also be released on my YouTube channel. It's usually YouTube comes later than podcast. Podcast first, YouTube channel second. So what we do dove into this one is we dove very deep into some critical do's and don'ts. We talked about your uh a critical mindset to have to protect yourself from um, securities. If you're out there and you're trying to raise some capital, there are do's and don'ts that you should do and what you should not do in order to not attract the wrong kind of people. We took a deep dive into a case study. We talked about repurposing content. Literally, I shared with you a formula of what I call the PRP formula and how you literally can take one piece of content, turn it into 30 plus social media content pieces. I think in this case study, I took one piece of content, turned it into 30 plus posts and media, and it was over 6,000 views on that one piece alone. Um, how do you brainstorm ideas for yourself? How do you double down on things that work? And then also share with you what I consider gold standard um, examples of what you should be doing yourself. And everybody is unique. Everybody's unique in this journey. But I encourage you to really dive into this episode, listen to it, intently if you need to get the visuals of it as well jump onto um, the youtube channel to get the visuals as well but really embrace it it's it's a commitment it is a commitment and if you're feeling shy and you're introverted nobody potentially knows that you're shy and introverted sometimes you maybe just have to get over yourself and you just have to do it Anyways, no different than I was not feeling it today about recording this intro and outro to this podcast and delivering all this kind of stuff. But you know what? I just did it anyways, because you guys woke up this morning and, and you know, it's Tuesday or a Wednesday and that's when podcast gets delivered to you, right? And maybe some of you are sitting there going, geez, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's Wednesday, Russ, usually on a podcast is out on Tuesdays, right? What's going on, brother? Right? So... Sometimes the show must go on.
Okay, gang, with all that being said, um, use these strategies, use these tactics for good, use these tactics in the proper sequence, use these tactics to share your message to a larger audience, and over time, you will have a body of work that you will be proud of, of what you do on social media. Okay, gang, with all that being said, let's just get right after it. So gang, welcome back. This is the part two of the conversation for the ICE program. If you ever remember, open up that chat box and jump in there and type in what you believe and you think ICE stands for. And if you're not sure, if you're not quick on typing, I'll give it to you. I stands for influence. The C stands for the communicate. And the E stands for enroll, which is just another fancy way of saying building a team, engaging people, bringing people on your team to work with you. That's just the fun way of, of putting that out there as well. So we're going to have some fun here tonight. And what I'm going to do is I have a, a couple pretty lofty promises for you. So tonight, as I alluded in the intro, I'm going to share with you some do's and don'ts for social media investors. Now, like I said, in the, in the preamble before we got started here, there's an awful lot more don'ts that I see out in the marketplace than I see of the do's that are out there. But I'm going to share with you some what I consider gold standard excellent examples. And I'm also going to share with what I don't want any of you to do. So that's promise number one. Then promise number two is I'm going to show you a repurposing strategy. How do you leverage doing something once that you can leverage it to do 20, 30, 40, 50 pieces of content out of one piece and let it live on for months and months and months and be out there like little soldiers out in the marketplace just working hard for you? And how do you leverage sharing your message. All right, gang. So we got some fun stuff on the go. Uh, two big, giant, lofty promises here for you. And like I said, in the first one we're going to do here is I'm going to share with you some key do's and don'ts. And I actually had some fun finding some of these uh, some of these do's and don'ts here. And and honest to goodness, to find the don'ts, it was very simple. <laughs> and I'll share that with you here in a second. But here's some of the do's. Now, when I'm going to about to share with the do's, you guys are going to go, well, Russ. Um, not one thing you're telling me of these do's is rocket science. It, it truly isn't. Every single thing on the do's list, every single one of you, 100% can, can do this. I know you can. So make sure that you sit there. And um, so number one is authentically share and give without anything, any expectation of a return. Like literally just genuinely share. Right. If you jump onto a lot of my Facebook posts or a lot of my YouTube channel or my podcast, I 100% genuinely just share. You know, I have a couple calls to action there. Honest to goodness, the most call to action I have is leave a review. So, what I ask people to do is go on, type, put in five stars, and leave a review. That's really all I ask. I don't have an expectation of that, but I ask if you could do that. That would be really, really nice. Okay. Share your wins and your losses, not just the good. Share the bad. Be authentic on what you're sharing, right? Inspire, encourage, acknowledge others in your posts. It's not all about me, 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 I, I, I. You know, look at me, look at me. I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, keep, you know, what was there before sliced bread? I, you know, go figure, right? And then the last one is the simplest thing. If you really, if you're really questionable what you should do on social media, 
just be a good person. Like, like seriously, like uh, it's not that difficult in today. It should, or sorry, let me back up. It shouldn't be that difficult to be a good person in today's day and age. It shouldn't be. But sometimes common sense is not common, common knowledge, right? Or common implementation. So by all means, guys, those are some of the do's. Now, here's what I'm going to have some fun on. I found some examples. Now, interesting in some of the examples that I found for you guys was um, number a couple of them were the same examples I shared last week interesting of note was a couple of them were the same. So here's a couple examples. Let me get full screen here for you. So Arlen Dolan just recently put a post one day ago, one day ago, he put out this wonderful post about a real estate investing tip of what to do when a tenant wants to break their lease early. Big, long article that he wrote. It was 100% to give and share and just share from his 27 years of experience. Fantastic post. If you haven't started following Arlen, highly encourage you to. Uh, second, Edward Fajardo. I'm not sure if Edward's on here or not tonight, but uh, he shared a wonderful post about talking about, you know, I've, you know, I've, I've been talking about my wins and here's a loss that I had. To be long story short, I had a property under contract. I couldn't quite reel the money together. You know what? I was sad to see it go. Uh, it was under market value. It had lots of opportunity, had lots of stuff. But you know what? Sometimes you just can't win them all. It was a fantastic post. And then this third post is uh, something, it's a long read, and I'm not going to bore everybody with reading it for you. But this is a post uh, by Prestigious Properties. Now, if you're not sure who Prestigious Properties is, Prestigious Properties is Thomas Byers company. Now, Thomas, um, this is a sponsored post. So he's paying, I found it on his website, but he's also paying for this. So if you've ever gone on Thomas's Facebook uh, feed, you probably uh, have seen this as a paid sponsored post. Now I share with this, now I'm not going to scroll down. There's a lot in here. And maybe what I'll do is in the, in the, um, in the uh, replay page, I'll put a link to the full um, posts in there just so you guys can have a have that as a, as an example and you can take a look at it as well. So so but that here's the gist of Thomas's post is it talks about he 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 flat out is soliciting capital. He flat out puts a targeted return on investment and you're about to see he's breaking a couple of the rules, but what he does is he puts extremely detailed um, information and what I would call um, CYA, cover your backside, cover your assets, uh, disclaimers. And he puts very clear in there who this is for, you know, this friends and family, this is an exempt market dealer that's doing this. You know, he puts a lot of disclaimers in there, which is the right way to do it if you're soliciting capital. Okay, so that's from the, the do's side of things. Now from the don'ts, now, Here's so you can take the do's and do the opposite, but let's talk about that. Don't solicit funds on any public domain social media without disclaimers or CYA statements. Like I said, cover your assets statements. Okay, never guarantee a return, even if you're even if it's a secondary loan position, right? And you know it's going to be ten percent. I would not guarantee it. Because just those words of guarantee and return just set up some flags, okay? Um, don't make, you know, I put in stars, stuff up. And don't puff things up. Don't make them bigger than they are. Now, I put that one in there and I put a little asterisk beside it because that was one of the biggest um, mistakes and one of the biggest lessons that I've learned early on. And this was more 
early in my investing career that I was puffing things up, right? I was making it look a little grandiose. I was looking at making it look bigger than it was because, you know, I was number one, I was excited and I truly was. Um, but number two is maybe I just had a little bit of an insecurity, right? I had a little insecurity of maybe somebody saying no. So I wanted to go, I had to try to go overboard. It's like the story of my life is I try to do way too much because I have an insecurity of looking bad and failing and stuff like that. Just something that I have to get over, right? Just that, that perfectionism. I, I just, it's, it's, you know, it's one of those tough ones. And I always remember just from growing up, I just, it's just one of those demons that I battle every single day. So if you are struggling to do this, guys, you're not alone, right? Um, but here's what I would encourage you to do is just share the share the real numbers of what you believe the real numbers are. Don't You don't have to puff it up. You don't have to make it look bigger. You don't have to, you know, make things more grandiose than they are. Right. Because here's the thing is typically when it comes to real estate investing, you have an amazing opportunity already. Right. Honestly, just with a real estate in a normal marketplace that's growing at the pace of inflation with nominal cash flow, mortgage pay down and a nominal growth, you're, you're looking at you probably are ge generating anywhere between 15 and 18 percent return on money. Right. Just just in a, in a really simple, boring marketplace. OK, so you don't have to really puff things up. But sometimes there are some opportunities that look really good. Now, okay, so here was the fun thing that I had. So I'm going to give you a few examples now. <laughs> so honest to goodness, uh, let me come back here. You want to know how easy it is to find examples of what not to do? I went on to one Facebook group and I found these first three and I found this, I found this within probably 47 seconds. I went into one Facebook group that I know is pretty notorious for pitching of investable opportunities. I just know it. I think there's like 6,000 people in it. And that's all anybody ever does. There's just pitch stuff in it. And it's a lot of realtors, blah, blah, blah. But all I did was I went to the Facebook group. And you know, on Facebook groups, you can, there's a little search window. You can actually search for a term within a, a group. All I did was I typed in one word and that word was returns, right? I typed in returns and in that one Facebook group, and I had just... A whole pile of things to choose from within within seconds. Okay, so here would be a couple of the examples I would share with you that you should not do. All right, so this person here, this group here, I think it was a group that they were talking about. It was a 29-unit portfolio. I tried to hide out all the, to protect the, the, the innocent, I guess, the guilty here. We're projecting that our investors will see a full return. So they're guaranteed, they're talking about a 100% return of their money plus a bonus payout in 12 months. That's what they're talking about. Now, I don't doubt that maybe they can do it, but I would never post this in a public domain. Uh, a second one, I think this was almost the same group talked about as they're talking about a bonus payout, full, you know, 100% return. And then this one here was, you know, hello, investors, we're three weeks away from closing our new construction property, needing a few investors, uh, you know, that'll get a 20 plus percent return in 12 months. Holy macaroni. They're setting themselves up. Now, honest to goodness, if it took me seconds to find this on these Facebook groups, just imagine a... Um, a securities official or somebody who's out there who does this for a living, they would just have a, honest to goodness, they'd have a field day, right? It'd be like shooting, it'd be like fishing, shooting fish in a barrel with, with, with all the stuff that's going on out there. Now, what I encourage each and every one of you is to not do those kind of things. Like don't, don't have those kind of examples. And if I do, so here's what maybe I would suggest you do, uh, if you will, is um, 
if you ever have a question about am I crossing a line or something like that, post it or send it to me or things like that. I'd love to give you a second opinion. But just follow those do's and don'ts, right? If you don't, if you don't guarantee anything, if you don't publicly solicit that you need money, right? And uh, those kind of things, if you should be okay from an advertising posting perspective. Now, here's what I do. And, and I just want to give you this. So I always have this in mind. So here's what I'm always thinking about. Okay. So my mindset is as follows. I always want to ask and answer the following question. If I'm going to work with somebody, okay, on a joint venture relationship or a money partner, how well do I know them, right? How, like, seriously, how well do I know them and how can I prove it? Do I have a paper trail of evidence on how well I know them? And, you know, we're going to be providing some more additional resources for each and every one of you guys here too. There's a lot of resources on the Raising Capital Academy already. And I'm also just firming up a time with a securities lawyer to jump on here as well to just even do this even more. But here's the thing I want to share with you. Okay. How well do I know the person and do I have a paper trail? So let me just, might as well do it. Let's do it as an example. Um, let's just maybe, I'm going to use an example of Michael Bug. There's lots of mics on here tonight, but I'm going to pick a mic who's not here. Michael Bug out of Saskatoon, okay? Um, I met Mike at a conference in Edmonton. Mike walked up to me, he was on crutches. You know, he had torn ligaments in his knee. And I had never, ever met Michael before in my life at that time. And that was 2018, so four years ago, okay? Came up, wonderful conversation, he and his wife, wonderful people. We just got to know each other. And then we continued the conversation going forward. Mike reached out to me a couple times. He entered into a coaching relationship for two years. Michael is just, Mike Bug is just taking things up to the next level. I've been to their house. I know their, his wife's names. I know the parents' names. I know where their parents actually live, where they farm in Saskatchewan. I know their, their brand new baby that was just born on October 11th. I have detailed notes of Michael Bug in my CRM about how well I know him. Okay. Now, if Mike Bug and I did a joint venture together and anybody ever came to me and said, well, Russell, you're doing that joint venture. Uh, why are you doing that joint venture? Well, I'm using a, a friend's family and business associates exemption to the Securities Act. Okay. I know Michael Bug and his wife, Rosalie, so well. As a matter of fact, I could produce pages and pages and pages of notes about how well I know them. They're a close personal friend. Okay. So that's the question I always want to answer in my head is number one is um, how well do I know the person and do I have a paper trail? And like I mentioned, more details are forthcoming. Okay. So that's where I wanted to just share with that. Now, what I want to do is I just want to pivot from um, the do's and the don'ts. Now, we can go into more of a detail of that if any of you need more information or more protection mechanisms or disclaimers or stuff like that. I'll, I'll continue adding more content to that to, in that vein, okay? So here's what I want to do. I want to share a, a case study with each and every one of you. Now, the fun case study that I'm going to share with you here is my own, okay? This is one that I've done and, and like I said earlier, I think I hit before I hit the record button, I honestly, when I was put, doing the work and putting this case study together, it, um, it got me fired up and I, and I, I actually got, you know, a bit, a little bit upset with myself and I got fired up. The upset I got with myself was why the heck aren't I doing more of this? Because it works. I know it works. And 
and then on the other is, okay, so let's make a plan. Let's, let's do the work here. And I'm going to share with you the strategy on how you can repurpose content. Okay. And the main thing, you know, as real estate investors, one of the main things we like out of this whole game is we like leverage. We like the leverage. I believe you should, you know, everybody says, well, work smarter, not harder. No, I think you should do both. You should work hard and you should work smart. You know, why, why is it a zero sum game, right? Work hard and work smart. Okay. Now I'm going to show you something here of one podcast episode that I did that I recorded audio and video that has now turned into 30 plus pieces of content that has generated more than 6,000 downloads over the past, and I think it's eight months, maybe even nine months and counting, okay? It's still working hard for me right now, today. And I checked my stats and I'll jump in if you want. I can check in my Google Analytics, uh, uh, my stats here as well. Um, within the last 48 hours, it's had another 20 views on, the on one of the videos, just one of the videos, okay? So it's still working hard for me out there. All right. So, and it's a 100%, it's a case study, real life numbers as real as it gets. Okay. So first and foremost, some context and some background. Number one is it does take time to do this. It really does. It's, it's something that uh, with time and effort, you can get a little bit quicker at it, but it's going to take a little bit of time. It's going to take a little bit of strategy. It's going to take some resources. It's going to take some planning. The good news is, is you can either do it yourself or you potentially can outsource it. That's a great news is if you can potentially outsource this as well. But I encourage you probably to do it yourself to start to just kind of get the lay of the land and understand what's going on and then outsource it from there. Right. There will be a tech investment. Don't don't fear the tech. OK, the good news is the majority of everybody on here tonight, if you have a computer that has a webcam or you have one of these fancy dancy things like here, phones, you you have the tech. OK, and it will take a little bit of skill development. Now, the one thing I'm going to tell you here is 100 percent. If I can do this, if I can do this, you know, country bumpkin from small town Saskatchewan growing up in a mobile home in the mobile home park. If this is something if I can do this, every single one of you guys have got this in going away in spades. I sure hope you're enjoying this episode. Before we jump back to the conclusion, our strategic partners from Streetwise Mortgages are here with another important mortgaging tip. All right, take it away, Dahlia. Hi, I'm Dahlia, founder of Streetwise Mortgages. And in today's episode, I will continue to share with you how to align financing with your chosen investment strategy. Today's strategy is private lending. Private lending is a passive investment strategy that entails lending money to others while securing the funds against one or more properties the borrower owns. In other words, you're acting as a bank to the borrower and your funds are secured as a mortgage. These mortgages can be in first position or second, third, fourth, or nth position behind other lenders. The higher the number, the higher the risk, and I highly suggest against anything in third position onward even if the returns look fantastic on paper. As an investor, your returns on a private mortgage can include the interest payments the borrower makes on your loan, to lender fees that you earn for lending the funds, to administrative fees such as penalties the borrower may pay for breaking the loan, or to renew it or to discharge it. Each loan is unique and the returns can range from seven to 15% on mortgages 
in first and second positions. Sometimes higher, but you always have to look at the risks you're taking for the returns you're earning. With private money, you can lend under your personal name or a corporation. You can also use cash, secured lines of credit, registered funds, or a combination of all three. Here is what to watch for when it comes to financing when investing in this strategy. Number one, when lending using a secured line of credit, be careful of the implications to your borrowing power. While you are earning interest to offset the interest on the lines of credit, the lenders will not take this revenue into consideration unless you have reported the interest on your tax returns for two years in a row. This means that the lenders will take the debt only into account which may impact your borrowing power if you're looking to refinance or purchase a property. Number two, look beyond the double digit returns. When getting into this strategy, most investors ask primarily about the returns and rarely about the risks. It is important to understand the risks associated with the loan, which include market risks, borrower risks, and property risks. For details about the risks and how to hedge, you can email us at info at streetwisemortgages.com and request a copy of the Beyond the Double Digits Return article. Number three, understand what you are lending against, the condition of the property you're securing the funds against, and an objective assessment of its current value are really important when it comes to protecting your money in case the borrower defaults on the loan and you need to take control of the property. Obtain a copy of the appraisal report and ensure it's recent, I would say within three months, and is ordered through a third-party appraisal company, not one that is provided by the borrower. I have seen investors lend out promissory notes for attractive returns, and while they may be registered on title, they are not secured as a mortgage and are not secured against the value. So if the borrower defaults, unfortunately, the chances of getting that money back are reduced significantly. Number four, understand and validate the borrower's exit strategy for paying back your loan. It is not sufficient to just go with the assumption that a borrower will refinance as there are many lending factors that will play a role when the time comes. Lean on experienced mortgage brokers who can help you validate the exit strategy. If you are looking to invest in private mortgages and are looking for a mortgage broker to help you structure your deals and mitigate your risks, contact us at info at streetwisemortgages.com. Cheers to your success. Seriously, you got this, all right? So this is a case study that I'm going to share with you. Some of you have maybe have seen this podcast episode or watched the video. This was... Um, uh, fun story. Let me tell a little backstory here. So this this fellow here obviously is myself and a fellow named Ben Rabidou. Rabidou ben Rabidou is out of Ontario. He is a market researcher with Edge Analytics. Fantastic researcher. And I met Ben a long time ago, quite a while ago. And, um, and I reconnected with him again when I heard him on another podcast. I heard him on another podcast, the Rockstar podcast with Tom and Nick Carrazza out of Toronto. And I honestly, my earbuds just about popped out of my ear when I heard him talk about a guy out of Ontario talking about Alberta is poised to be the best place in Canada to invest your money in the real estate market. And it was these guys from Ontario talking about it. And my earbuds just about popped out. 
And so I looked at it and I go, holy mackerel. So I started following on Twitter. And then Ben made a post another time and said, yeah, Alberta is going to be the best place, you know, to invest your money over the next coming five to 10 years, something of that nature. And then I replied back to Ben. I said, Ben, shh. Don't tell everybody. It's our little secret because there was people saying, well, why would you want to move to Alberta? It sucks. The winter's bad. Bunch of hillbillies, all that kind of stuff. And I said, sure, you guys all just stay away. Everybody stay away. And then Ben said, and then I sent a private message to Ben. I said, Ben, would you like to come on my podcast and talk about it? And he replied back and said, fantastic. So we booked the time. Okay. So that's what we've, that's the backstory to what we, we have there right there. So this is the YouTube thumbnail. And I'm going to share with you the full-on case study of what we've done from this one um, going forward. So here's a couple things I want you to keep in mind. Number one is I'm going to share with you a winning formula. You know, I'm big on frameworks. I'm big on formulas. I'm big on things that repeat. So here's the formula. I want everybody to write this down. Or better yet, I want you to take a picture of this slide when I'm just about done. And I'll smile. And then you're, what you're going to do is then you're going to post that on social media. I want you to think PRP. Now, it's very strategic the way I did the P, big P, little r, big P. Okay, what does PRP stand for? It stands for pre-plan, record, post-production. That's the three-part formula. And I've even broke it down into here is actually the amount of time that you'll be spending on this. If you pre-plan 30% of the time, if you record only 10% of the time and your post-production will be 60% of the time, okay? So everybody, I want you to write that. So here's what I want everybody to do. I want you to grab your camera, please. If you're still, if you have an opportunity, I want you to take a picture of you with your camera out here like this, kind of in selfie mode. And if you're watching me, right, take a picture of me in the screen. Are we ready? I hope you got your camera. If you're not, if you're not watching on this, okay, ready? One, two. Three. <laughs> All right. So that's the formula that I want everybody to keep in mind here. Now, so pre-plan. So the first thing I did, so within this case study, the first thing I did with Ben, once I had the time already booked and planned, I put together a, so remember, it's 30% of your time to create uh, a plan of what you're going to record. Now, when I'm creating the pre-plan, I'm thinking about the recording and I'm also thinking about the edit while I'm creating the conversation, okay? So there's a, a, an old saying in video world is, is always, you know, plan and shoot for the edit, which means that how you're going to record it and how you're going to tell the story, think about how you're going to edit it at the same time. Because remember, the post-production is the longest time frame. And the more minutes you can save off the post-production time, the more better product you can have, great? I created an intention document. I didn't create a detail, like I created, it's, it's, I think my document, uh, intention document is about four or five pages that I literally will create an intention document and, and a list of questions that I want to have in there. And I craft the story, the long form story, and then I also build in there bite-sized chunks within there that I can break them out, okay? And you'll see when I, when I, as I go through it. So think about this when you're pre-planning. Tell a story, but can you break it into acts, if you will, like a three-act play or highlight real materials? So craft the story. And then here's the thing. Is the more time you take on the pre-planning, the better you pre-plan, the easier the next two steps are. Like anything in life. 
truly anything like. So that's pre-planned. Then the next you want to do is you want to record, okay? Now, this is where most people get a little bit freaked out is in the whole record side of things. R remember, only 10% of your time should be recording. If you've done a really good job with the pre-planning, the recording takes care of itself. It truly does. And, and I encourage everybody to start simple. Every single one of you has what you need to start. You have a recording device in your office, in your home, in your pocket. You have it right now. You don't need any big giant, you know, fancy lights and cameras and, you know, teleprompters and monitors and all that kind of stuff and video and audio effects and, you know, dropping bombs. You don't need any of you don't need any of that stuff. You honestly don't. Um, I just do it for a little bit of a break in the action to, to engage you guys a little bit more. But honest to goodness, you guys don't need that to start. You truly don't. You have the device in your hand to do the recording. Okay, so what I encourage you to do is each time is just improve the process. Okay, you're going to make the commitment to do it. And most importantly, you're going to make the, the commitment to improve the workflow, improve the process. And I got something to share with you at the end of this presentation as well about uh, uh, what can happen in a short period of time. Really, it can. And then the last one, if none of that uh, if works for you guys, is think about this. Just hit the damn button. <clears throat> Right. That's what I have to remind myself all the time when I'm just not feeling it. And I got the excuse after this and this excuse and that excuse. Hit the damn button. Do go talk. Right. See what you got. And if it's garbage, you know what? Throw it away. You're better by hitting the button and producing garbage than not hitting the button and all not doing anything. So just hit the damn button, y'all. All right. So, okay. So that's in step one. Remember, first one was pre-plan, big P, little r for recording. And then the last one is on post-production. Now, this is 60% of the time. Remember that. 60% of your time. There's going to be time and money is going to be required typically for this post-production. But here's the good news. The good news is you can outsource this. Um, when it comes to for outsourcing of this, you can't outsource you on a camera. Potentially you can. You can write a script and you can get a voiceover actor to read it and you can get images and you can create something. I guess you could do that. But you're the subject matter expert. Okay. Be the subject matter expert. And then what you what you do is you record, you plan, you have the conversation, and then potentially everything else you can outsource. You truly can. But I encourage you to do the reps, to at least understand the process, okay, before you're hiring it out fully. Try to do it a few times yourself just to understand the process. You know, one of the most, um, I don't think I used him as an example here, um, but I'm going to share with you some examples here in a second of repurposing. But one of the best examples of repurposing is Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. He still does all his own posts. He, does, he doesn't do all the video work and all the video editing. He still does a lot of his own posts because he's sweating the details. He's on his phone. He's cranking out the best way of, of you know, where to put the picture and where to put the image and stuff like that on the algorithm, uh, on the um, Instagram stories so it doesn't cover up stuff. And he's really sweating the details. So by all means, do that. You can outsource a lot of the creative, but you should be still in the, doing the posting because it's still your voice. It's still your words. Okay, so now, like I said, here are a few excellent repurposing examples. 
All right. So example number one I want to share with you is, you know, we all know Joe Rogan, right? We've all heard of Joe Rogan. And this was Joe Rogan and Elon Musk talking. And honest to goodness, you know, what did they just rolled up there and smoked a big fatty and, and uh, you know, they had a whole bunch of drinks and smoked pot and talked for a couple hours. And that was an episode. But I tell you, Joe Rogan took the, his team, took that, and they carved it up into a whole bunch of things. And one of the wings that went viral was Elon Musk smoking a joint. Tesla stock tanks after Elon Musk smokes a joint on the Joe Rogan experience. Okay? But that's an example of a repurposing. Another fantastic example, if you've ever had a chance to watch Patrick Bet David with Valuetainment. Patrick Bet David does a fantastic job on his, his podcast episode. He puts it out, and honest to goodness, I think he creates about 20 or 25 different clips from that. I think he even has a completely different uh, channel on the Patrick Bet David. And the third one here, Mel Robbins is one of my favorite authors. She's fantastic at the social media game as well. She'll, she just started a podcast, but she has a wonderful YouTube channel. And when she's on other people's YouTube channels, she gets all the content and all the materials, and then she just breaks it into bite-sized chunks. So by all means, gang, what I encourage you to is be a, be a student, okay? Be a student of good examples. Now, I shared examples with you of people that are not in the real estate space. It doesn't have to be in the real estate space. Why don't you take the experts that are in different spaces and then by all means uh, model that from there as well. Okay, so now back to the case study again one more time. So this was a, an interview I did with Ben Rabadou. It was about an hour in content, okay? So here was the end result out of this. So end result number one was I created a podcast and a blog post out of it, okay? So it got put on my Apple podcast. It got distributed to all the whole places that podcasts go out to. It got distributed out from there. And then I actually put it on my, I, every podcast I put out, I put on my blog post as well for the SEO to come back to my website. So that's two things that was done there as well. Then from there on YouTube, I put the full length hour and I, I recorded a, 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 an intro and an outro and I put maybe just a little context message in it and the full YouTube video got posted on my YouTube channel. Okay. Then also from there, um, Three additional YouTube videos got created. One was on in there. Ben talked about. I asked him a question about what are you afraid of in the marketplace right now? What's what's keeping you awake at night? And I uh, put a catchy little thing there. Watch out! Something that you know a, a researcher is is uh, is frightened about in this marketplace. And it was I think it was a five five and a half minute clip out of the full hour. Okay, put that out. And then I created another one where Ben talked about. He goes, geez, it goes. You know, and we talked about Alberta and he said, here's the reason why I believe it's one of the best places out there. And I said, well, why should you invest in Alberta? Right. And I think the title of that one was Top Analyst Predicts Alberta to be the best real estate investment investing opportunity. And then a third one is at the end, I said, Ben, in three in three minutes, give me a summary of what's going on in the market and what your prediction is for the next quarter. That was the third video. So podcast episode, multiple places for the podcast blog post, all right, one full-length YouTube, three additional YouTube. So what is that? Seven? Seven 
uh, places already. Okay, so that's, and we're not done yet. <laughs> okay, so each time I posted um, something on the YouTube or a podcast, I put it out onto Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. So I took all those seven different things and I just recycled them each time on four different platforms. So what is that, 30 different places that it's going out? And each time, each time, and I only recorded it once, right? It was one recording. It was just broken out into, into multiple different places. So, and here is, if you're interested in the end result, here was the results. So the podcast has had over 680 downloads so far, so far. It's, I think it's my second most popular download uh, podcast. My um, average listener listens on a 30, 60 day basis, about almost three hours at time. So there's hours and hours. If every person listened, even if it was a half an hour, what would that be? 300 hours on, on that one episode? Even if they listened to half of it? My full-length YouTube is now I have 1,200 videos, and the additional three of them added up are over 4,000 views each, okay? And then, so I've had a minimum of 20 different posts, minimum. Multiple Facebook groups, one content piece has now generated over 6,000 views and downloads. One piece, okay? And then that was nine months ago. I recorded it in February. I have not done one thing with it since. I haven't. And right now, if I was to jump into my analytics, as I said, I think it's, what is it? 14 views in the last two days. So it's still, or 18, 18 views. It's still working for me nine months later. And that was just on one of the videos. So this stuff works, gang. You know, just make sure you just lean into it. So that was the end result of that case study. Now, here's what I would suggest you do. So here's a couple key mantras that you want to Mantras, 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 mantras. Create once, divide and conquer, right? Create once, do the work once, then utilize that work for, for years to come. And then the last one is both work hard and work smart. Okay, so a couple simple next steps that I'd like everybody to do from here, if you will. Simple next steps. Now, some of these next steps are almost identical to the next steps that I shared last month, okay? So next step number one is that you have to commit and trust the process. It works. It truly does. Like, honest to goodness, when I was pulling together that case study, I sit there go, yeah, this process works. Hmm, why am I not doing more of it, right? And I think I told the joke earlier about, yeah, sure, here, take my advice. I'm not using it, right? So I got to start taking my own advice. I got to do it more. Now, I'm committing to put more of this content together. I'm committing to do more of, of slicing and dicing and distributing it more and just trust the process, right? And just start creating. It really, it, it, it's difficult. Now, I'm not here to try to tell you to scare you that creating content and shooting videos and having stuff like that. I'm not here to tell you that, uh, that it's going to be easy. It's not going to be a working part. It's going to be difficult. And to be honest, that's good. I'm glad it's difficult. I'm glad it's difficult that you're going to work hard and you're going to appreciate the, the creative process of doing the work. And the more work you do, it's just like if you wanted to go run a marathon. After you've run that marathon, you're exhausted, but you're so proud of yourself because you did the work. It was difficult, but that's good. Okay? Lean into the difficult. Leverage. And remember, PRP, pre-plan, record, 
post-production. That's the formula. And then just keep doing it. Continue, continuous improvement, and just do it anyways. Even if you don't feel like it, that's when you need to do it even more. All right. Now, here's what I'm going to share with you is the following. is I'm going to share you an example of what can happen if you actually just do the work. Okay, so it's funny. I was just on the Raising Capital Academy, and um, I sat there and I took a look at um, all the webinars that were done. I think the first one was done a couple of years ago now, maybe three or four years ago. Webinar number one was done, and uh, then webinar number 24 was done. Now, I look at this when I go back and I analyze this again, looking between my first one and my 24th one, and today's the 25th one within the community. I've done, done hundreds of others at the same time. But it is a completely different experience. Like, honestly, when you start, if you start watching them in sequence, um, I was watching the first one. And I'm going, oh, my God, I was embarrassed almost. Like, the content was fantastic. I believe it was fantastic. You know, at that time, I thought it was, I did the best I could at that time. I thought it was amazing, but I'm sitting there watching it. And it's all blown out. And the sh there's, a, you know, a washed out my face. And wet, the camera's way up here pointing down on me. And, and uh there's a whole bunch of reverb and echo in the room and it just sounded horrible. And I'm just going, oh man. But then 20, you know, a couple of years later, I produced that last podcast. Um, I had it done from creation, record and edit probably within four or five hours in total. And the edit part of that, honest to goodness, when I'm done with this tonight, and I do some clipping out here. I do some vo vocal processing on it. I clean up some, a few things. I clean up some mouth clicks. I clean up a little bit of reverb. I put some compression, some EQ, and just stuff like that. Honest to goodness, that's an hour at the most. And it's ready to go in a good polished production. Okay? So, and that's one of the reasons why I like to do some of this uh, cutting of things live on the spot. Okay, so a couple things here, gang. Um, and open it up here shortly for an open Q and A, but just a couple on the next things for some next, the next masterminds. Number one is we're going to have a quick check-in on the next mastermind as well. We're going to keep talking deeper on the tools, the tact tactics and the productivity strategies. Okay. Um, we're going to talk mainly next week about copywriting and how do you write? And that's, uh, Dave is working really hard and pulling together some resources. Dave, uh, you and I are going to get together here in the next probably tomorrow if you're available. I'd love to chat with you, if not Friday morning. Um, and then we can talk about that. But we're going we're gonna to do some training, but more importantly, you're going to get to doing some work and doing some writing, okay? That's one of the key things is putting black ink on white paper. It's amazing what can happen up there. Okay. Then uh, the last thing, remember, gang, the community challenge. Please, if you are so inclined, do your three posts, report back on how you're doing. It could be in the group. It could be out of the group. It's it's okay as long as you're doing the work of just practicing of putting three posts out. For example, I could write a post for you right now, right? You took that picture and stuff like that and learning about social media content the right way from a real estate investing power group, the Raising Capital Academy, um, and then post that picture. I don't know, just making stuff up on the fly here. Or, or another example. Here, I'll, I'm going to give you this example. So let's say I'm investing in um, Kitchener-Waterloo, Cambridge, the Tri-Cities. And um, I want to, I go find um, the economic development officer in the Tri-Cities. 
that person that's in charge of making the decisions. And I sit there and I go, do you mind? I'm looking to invest capital. Do you mind if I do a little recording with you and ask you some questions about what's going on in Kitchener? And then you could break out each of the cities individually. And then you interview that person. You have one, let's say you do it in 45 minutes. And then in there, you have um, a half a dozen things that you can break out. And you just distribute that along all the different places. I would in strong, like, here's the thing is, you don't have to make, you don't have to create the content. The economic development officer is creating the content. They're the one just answering it. They're a subject matter expert. Or whether you're, if you're not there, if maybe it's Surrey, British Columbia, maybe it's New Westminster, BC, maybe it's Ottawa. You interview the players in the area and they're the ones telling them. Remember in that episode I did with Ben Rabidou, I, I was, I had a vested interest in wanting to learn about Edmonton and Alberta because that's where I invest. But he was the one telling it that it was the best place. Not me, right? But I distributed that message to everybody that wanted to hear that listened to me and I, because it, it helps further my cause at the same time, okay? So remember that community challenges. Keep posting those materials three times a week. And um, gang, tonight, that is tonight's formal lesson of the Raising Capital Academy on the leadership. And this was part two of um, the influence, talking about do's and don'ts of social media and also a wonderful case study. Thank you very much. So gang, what did you think? Did you enjoy that presentation style? You know, webinar, I believe it was webinar, yeah, it was 100% delivered uh, on an online webinar in front of a live audience, but I chunked out the part where I just went into presentation mode and delivered you the fire, dropped the bombs on this. Uh, What did you take away from this? Was there something that uh, was impactful for you? Is there something that you took away from this podcast episode that you're going to instantly implement on going forward? Is there something that you maybe are just looking at something a little bit different? You maybe had one of those, huh, I never thought of it that way. Now I'm going to try that. I'm going to experiment. I'm going to try something like this. Maybe you're going to make a commitment to start having a content strategy within your business. Maybe you're going to make a commitment that you're going to share all the wonderful things that you're learning in your target marketplace and you're going to corner the YouTube marketplace in your target area or you're going to corner if anyone is thinking about an investment area i want them to think of you first okay gang um, i'm going to leave it there a um, lot more wonderful upcoming episodes on the podcast that are coming i got some wonderful case studies and some wonderful stories and some follow-up next um next um chapter of some people's stories next week uh got a fun story i'm going to share with you of somebody that we did two podcast episodes 100 episodes apart and they were two years apart and a wonderful follow-up to the story so that's coming out next week and then after that i have a top-notch real estate accountant that's going to be coming on and i have goals of taking things up to the next level because i just noticed when i was putting together my little spreadsheet here is it next week or the week after um we're within within a couple weeks 
of having the three-year anniversary of this little little podcast that was a little COVID baby, if you will, uh, decided to launch something in 2020. And I made a commitment to delivering uh, as a starting point three years, and we're coming up on that three-year anniversary. As a matter of fact, it actually snuck up on me a little bit. And um, I'm going to maybe do an episode of some of the top lessons that I've learned over doing this for three years, and then maybe share with you what the next vision is for this podcast. Until then, I just wanted to just make sure and just say thank you, just from the bottom of my heart. Um, If you're having one of those days, like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, sometimes crappy days and gratitude just can't live at the same place at the same time. Um, Either you get fired up and you take some action or you do something, or the other way of doing it is you just get into your heart space. You get into your soul space and you just get into just pure gratitude. And that's how I'm going to end off today's episode is I just want to thank you. I want to thank each and every one of you for your time. I want to thank each and every one of you for your attention. Thank each and every one of you for all the wonderful feedback and your positive energy for you to take your time out of your busy day to listen to a podcast episode like this and more importantly, do something with it. That's the real big key thing is that you listen to it, but you're going to do something with it. That makes those bad days all worth the while, all worth the hard work and all worth the stress and trials and heartache and headache and all this kind of, uh, I think I use stress twice. Maybe I'll use it again because it's been a stressful day. So anyways, you got this just like I got it. And I'm just going to end off being in my heart and with some gratitude for each and every one of you. You got this. Okay, gang. And remember, in every interaction we have with another person, always leave them feeling inspired, encouraged, and always come from a place of love. Bye for now, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now. Bye for now.